Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will teach you how to get leaner and perform better with episodes about nutrition, recovery, and the all-important art of inner work. With all of the changes at CrossFit HQ, and with the major changes to the CrossFit Games qualification process, I know a lot of people are questioning their commitment to competitive programs. And for a lot of people, this is a scary space to be in. Showing up to the gym, following a program, eating right, and doing the things necessary to recover were automatic in the past. The idea that one day your hard work might lead to regionals or master's qualifiers made motivation easy. When regionals was axed and the season became uncertain, I know a lot of my regional and regionals bubble athletes started to question their priorities. And for a lot of people, these changes meant giving up on competitive training and finding what life after CrossFit competitions looks like. With the 2019 CrossFit Open starting today, I figure now is the best time to release an episode about finding balance between training and the other areas of your life. I interviewed Michael Kazu, a former two-times CrossFit Games champion on the legendary Hacks Pack Ute team, about his own path to finding more balance in his life after he learned he would need a spinal fusion surgery that would end his competitive career. Before we dive in to hear Michael's story and the lessons from his experience, I just want to share a snippet from one of our online coaching clients who just canceled her membership. Who shares cancellation stories on a podcast? Well, you'll see why I am today. Here's what Tara wrote. I truly think you guys have it right when it comes to picking one behavior at a time and working on it instead of trying to fix everything. With this, I have learned what I thought were my biggest struggles are not, and what I thought were small struggles are actually larger. I will continue working on one behavior at a time. I like Coach Ray and think she has a lot of knowledge. She is personable even with my socially awkward self. So I'm not ending because I'm dissatisfied or unhappy, rather because I can't take full advantage of the program. At first, I was skeptical of having everyone know my struggles, but honestly, it is refreshing to know that I'm not the only one dealing with some of the same things. And that's the end of what Tara wrote. But I share this email with you because it highlights how Coach Ray identified that where Tara's at in life, she'd benefit from an incremental approach to habit change versus an overhaul. I also share it because it highlights the difference between who is right for online coaching versus our one-on-one coaching. Tara got a lot of benefit from checking in weekly with Coach Ray and with her initial calls, but she could not regularly make it to office hours. If you can commit to putting our office hours on the calendar, you can have weekly FaceTime with a coach in our online nutrition coaching programs. That's a huge value. However, if you've taken our number one nutrition roadblock quiz and listened to that episode a few weeks ago, and you realize that time is your biggest roadblock, then like Tara, you might not get the full value out of the program if you can't show up. You'll also have unlimited access to your coach to ask questions and get a response within 24 hours. And you'll also have a one-to-one call with your coach every month to help keep you on track. To learn more about our coaching options, you can go to beyondmacros.com services. And if you want, you can also set up an initial call with me there today. Now back to the matter at hand, how to create more balance in your life so that when one area of your life disappears, 
you still have others contributing to your overall happiness and well-being. Today's guest, Michael Kaziu, was a two-time CrossFit Games champion in 2012 and 2013. But during that time, he found that there was still some depression for him. I looked back at my journal when I was competing recently. It, what, it was like 2012, 2013. And I love looking back at old journals sometimes because I realize over and over that my recollection of the past is often so wrong. It is so wrong. And I had, a, I had a sense that I was a little unbalanced in that portion of my life. But certainly in 2012, the first year we won, I was very unbalanced. And the other, you know, the other buckets that the other buckets that were there were definitely a super tight knit uh, friend group. You know, I, I made just such deep connections with people in rehab, in AA, and people at the university. And because I was, you know, I was so entrenched in the recovery world, I was just like, I was a very open and vulnerable person. And anyone that was in a relationship with me, it was just a very deep relationship. So I had that, that bucket that was solid, but I was not, when I looked back, I was, I was feeling depressed. I was writing about this. I was feeling depressed, I think because I was, I, I, I had almost no downtime, right? So I had no time to myself. I wasn't, uh, invested in my education at all. You'll hear Mike use that phrase buckets to describe the different areas of life that he can pour energy in and fill up. Just to add a little analogy for for what you're talking about, the bucket analogy, I read something by the creator of Dilbert, one of the most famous cartoons of all time. And he said, he calls it diversification. Like if we can diversify what we where we derive value and meaning and enjoyment in life, if we can have as much diversity in that as possible, when one of the buckets is empty, then we have so many more buckets to pull from. So I like that. I like that term diversification. Um, whenever I stopped competing, honestly, man, I felt like I had. I felt like I had no buckets. And although Mike felt like he had no buckets outside of fitness, he wonders if that was necessary for his athletic success or not. Some of these buckets that could have been there, they really weren't. And I think part of that helped me succeed. And part of that was unnecessary. Like I could have gone through that chapter of my life in a little bit less pain had I made a little more space for myself right to do to do nothing for an hour here or there or to th- kind of really think about my future and think about what I want my career to be rather than blindly going through college michael's competitive crossfit career came to an end when he had a lumbar spinal fusion surgery in 2013 up until that point competing was his only bucket he wasn't diversified And this forced Michael to start developing new buckets when that fitness bucket disappeared. Luckily, I had started coaching after I stopped competing. So I was starting to to develop a new bucket. And yet I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't 
fully value that part of my life yet. And so uh, I didn't feel like I was skilled enough and I didn't feel like it was, uh, I didn't know if it was the right thing for me to be doing. And so whenever I stopped competing and I finally had the surgery, I definitely went through a super hard period of time for like two or three months and I got actually depressed again and you know, that was just uh, an impetus for change for me, which was a great thing. One of the things I found interesting about this is that even though Michael had started filling his coaching bucket, he had no full buckets to draw from. So even though he was starting something new, he still dipped into that depression. And as we'll learn shortly, this was what eventually led to the creation of brute strength. But it also highlights why it's helpful to diversify before something unexpected, in this case injury, removes your primary bucket. After the surgery, Michael had a dream coaching job with Louisiana State University and was able to help with strength and conditioning for some of the top college athletes in the world. But he soon realized it wasn't for him which set him on the path he's on today. I quickly figured out that strength and conditioning just wasn't for me. I didn't, I think what it was more than anything was the population. Like I love athletes and I love sports. And for me, it wasn't fulfilling enough, right? I wanted to be working with a broader range of people and I wanted to be working with them on a broader range of things. So rather than just helping the 0.1% of the population, like the very, very top, get 0.1% better athletically, I wanted to have a, a greater impact on a greater number of people. And specifically in terms of like their psychology and how they feel about life. And I certainly could have, I know a lot of coaches that weave that into their their coaching process. And I just didn't... Um, I didn't see that as happening for me. And so uh, I started a business, which was, is Brute Strength. And I quickly saw the opportunity, the, the, yeah, the opportunity to teach people really whatever I wanted to teach. And what we sell at Brute is strength and conditioning programs and coaching, but we weave into, the, into everything we do psychology and mindset and uh, tips on relationships and all of that stuff that I want to impact people with, uh, we just have that conversation with them. So I started that uh, pretty soon after probably six months after that surgery and did that for three years and had an amazing time. And I met my wife along the way, again, through Mike Bledsoe. Big thanks to Mike there. Over time, Mike built up new buckets, business, coaching. He built his fitness back up and found his most important bucket, his relationship with his wife, Adi, which we'll talk about actually on a future episode. When I asked Mike where he's grown the most recently, it was a great reminder for me. I think I've grown the most lately in my social life and for the first time in years, I have rituals with strong male figures in my life, people that challenge me, people that support me. Um, and I'm able through ritual, through like we, like hanging out with these people weekly, I'm able to deepen my relationship with them. And that's been, man, it, it's filled a hole inside of me because, you know, we've traveled a lot over the past four years 
And it can be hard to, it can be hard to like really stay in touch and deepen relationships. We can have a lot of fun with people along the way, but it's hard to really feel connected and um, feel like you belong to a place when you're always in a different place. With a lot of travel last year, doing seminars, meeting clients, and for pleasure, this reminded me the importance of developing community now that I'm putting down roots here in Australia. And I also noticed that even though the CrossFit gym was a social place for me when I was competing, the sacrifices I made as a competitive regionals athlete the three years prior to traveling meant my social life bucket suffered. The depth Michael described in his social life bucket is worth highlighting here. Think about this. How deep is your social life bucket? I also loved hearing how Michael has been filling his family bucket. I'm taking more accountability in my relationship with my parents and, and especially my dad. I think as we get older, or especially as you transition from being a kid to an adult, right? Somewhere in the 20 to 30 range, you it goes from, and it, this is not like a universal truth, but I think it's true for most people. It goes from your parents leading everything in the relationship to, for most people, and this is definitely true for me, kind of a reversal of the, the roles or the relationship where now I feel like a lot of things in the relationship I'm leading, such as emotional, um, emotional connection and um, intellectual connection, like I'm the one kind of leading a lot of those conversations and organizing for us to spend time together and I didn't like, this has only been on my radar for the last couple of years that this is something that I really want to invest a lot of time in and that I'm just super stoked to be able to do, right? I think some people, I don't know, blame their parents for X, Y, or Z and, and wish they would, uh, wish they had a better connection. And I just realized that if I want a deeper connection with my parents, then I can just make it happen. So those are a few. And as I alluded to, Michael has started to refill his physical bucket. I think the only thing that's new is I am completely obsessed with jujitsu right now. Um, training like six days a week and I'm just full on into it, man. I feel exactly like I did when I first really got into CrossFit. Like I'm dissecting the discipline, and like dissecting how I'm learning it and um, it's just so, so rewarding, dude. I'm loving it. Since I stopped CrossFit, I finally have this desire to, uh, as Ido Portal says, develop in movement complexity. Like I have a, pra a movement practice that I'm excited about developing. And man, it has been, I feel like, I, I literally feel like a kid. Like I'm so, so excited every time I'm going there. I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm writing about it and it's, it's done, a, it's done a lot of interesting things for me. Like it's brought back my competitiveness, which I thought, I thought was completely gone. Um, it's brought this, this element of focus into my life where I want to be in as good of shape as possible for this sport. So I'm eating better. I'm going to sleep more consistently at the same time. I am, I just feel like a little bit more dialed in 
than I have in years, which has been awesome because that immediately trickles into every other area of life. Before his jujitsu obsession and after leaving competitive CrossFit, there was a gap of time where Mike found it difficult to find the motivation to put energy into his fitness bucket. And as the owner of a fitness company, he felt strange about this. And his solution might sound like an echo from our streak series. I felt like I was completely out of alignment with myself because I had this fitness company on one hand and on the other, like I'm not working out at all. So that, that, that was a story for another day. Um, I, I, yeah, I was not in alignment there. And the way that I, the only way I was able to have any level of consistency was to implement like really small habits. Like I'm going to work out 10 minutes a day, or I'm going to go to the gym four days a week. Um, I never could get that passion back for training without a goal, but I was able to be consistent by just giving myself super attainable, like process goals, like the 10 minutes or four days a week. Um, and for anyone, like whenever possible, anyone listening that's going through this, whenever possible, give yourself something to shoot for. Uh, human beings, like we, our, our entire lives are driven by having a goal and then seeing that we're on a journey making progress towards that goal. So even if it, it doesn't have to be a competition, and in fact, if you're trying to get away from competing, then it shouldn't be a competition. Um, just have some kind of goal, right? The goal could be to stick to the plan five days a week. Or um, if you're consistent enough, you'll take your partner on a vacation or just some form of reward for doing what you want to do. And it, and it probably won't be as powerful a motivator as a competition, but you want to set yourself up for as much success as possible. And before, before this new obsession, uh, I have been very hit or miss throughout the past like five years. So, um, I, I can definitely resonate with anybody that's struggling with this. Before we wrap up, Mike wanted to share two pieces of advice for anybody who has decided to hang up their Metcons this competitive CrossFit season and start to diversify their buckets. Start to play around with other things that you can uh, put that energy towards, right? It might be your career, your relationship, your personal development. It might be another sport. And you might diversify that energy, right? You might put a little bit, if you were a really high level athlete like I was and you were unbalanced, then you might just be able to distribute all of that energy you were expending uh, into all of the buckets. And so you have an actual kind of more balanced life, right? That might be nice. Just find other things that you can be interested in and really invest your time in them and, and, you like over time, especially if you're building new skills in an area, you'll start to become passionate about those and you'll, your identity will start to change, right? You'll, you'll start to see that you are more than just an elite athlete. While that's happening, spend some time doing some, some, I don't know, deep work on yourself. Look at why, why you're so upset or really why it affects you so much that you can't compete right now. And I don't have an answer. Uh, I definitely don't, can't answer that for you, but ask yourself, 
you know, why you feel the way that you feel, where maybe where does that come from? What does it mean that you're, uh, that you're not a high level competitor anymore? And just start to ask yourself some of those questions and then share them with people close to you so that you can start letting that go. I think if you're doing the deep work on yourself and you're also starting to focus more of your attention somewhere else, uh, you can get it you can get through it a lot faster than just wallowing and hoping that it'll go away. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're not doing the open for the first time in a while this year, I hope this episode has helped your process. If you are competing in the open this year, I hope you have an absolute blast. If you want to follow more from Michael, he is the host of the Brute Strength Podcast, and you can check out episode 176 where he interviewed me. Mike also recently transitioned to a position as the president of Working Against Gravity, where he just finished up a keto experiment that he detailed on his Instagram, at Michael Casio. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who you think needs to hear these lessons. You know who they are. If nobody immediately comes to mind, just snap a screenshot of your podcast player and share it on your social media with your reflections. Tag us at Beyond Macros and tag Mike because we both love to engage with fans of our shows who open up the conversation and would love to give you a shout out. And as a reminder from the beginning of the show, if you'd like to learn about our coaching options or set up an initial meeting with me so we can learn more about each other, head on over to beyondmacros.com services. We'd love to help you balance your body composition goals and fueling yourself for the CrossFit Open this year. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again next week with an episode about the most effective mobility tool everyone, except astronauts, has access to, the floor. I'll see you then. Much love.